0: To Exodus chapter 20. We're in verse 7. Looking at the third commandment. Another week, another commandment, another reminder of how desperately I need Jesus. Goodness. Exodus 20, verse 7. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we ask now that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear the depth of the riches and the wisdom of your word. Father, unsettle us in those areas or in those ways in which we have taken your name and your person, your work, lightly. Comfort us, Father, by the grace that is found in Jesus Christ, knowing that you sent your Son to die for sinners like us who break consistently this third command we pray that your spirit will be very active in our midst right now to bring conviction and to bring comfort and it's in the name of Jesus that we pray this amen just by way of reminder let me say especially if you're uh, here perhaps not a member a regular attender or more importantly if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior if you want, after any of the services, any of the sermons that we give, if the Lord is working on your heart, if you feel a pull or a drag or, or being compelled uh, to wrestle more deeply with the things that are given to us in God's Word, let me just encourage you, you'll typically find me at the, at the door on your way out. You can let me know that you wanna speak that day and I won't leave here until we have a chance to talk or we can set up an appointment to talk or at the end of the service, Andy, JT will be down here near the front. You can come up and speak to them and they would be happy to speak with you, to talk with you more about any questions that you may have or any concerns. So we just want to be very open, welcoming to any sort of questions that pertain to the life that we have in Jesus Christ. And I'll even go a step further and say it's even simpler than that. If you're here and you don't know Christ, I don't think it would be out of bounds for you to look at the person seated next to you and simply to ask them, tell me what I need to know or who do I need to talk to. All right, so Edgewood members, if that puts the fear of God in you, take that as motivation to take up and read. So that when someone comes to you with questions about how can I find life in Jesus, you can give them an answer. The third command. Typically, when we approach the third command, we view it as a prohibition against either profanity or using the Lord's name in vain. When we use God or Jesus or the name Christ in some sort of an exclamation, when we're shocked or surprised or when we're angry, we make it in some sort of a, into some sort of a derogatory term that we just sort of hurl out. Of course, culture and society around us, this is uh, increasingly prevalent It's not uncommon, of course, especially if you have kids or grandkids, for your kids to go to school and you find that their language on this count or in this regard is very easily and dramatically shaped because people throw around God's name without thinking twice about it. But because that's the way that we typically understand this third command, and we don't think or consider that there are greater depths to what's being revealed here. I think it's easy for us as Christians, especially if you've grown up in the church, to think that as long as I don't use the Lord's name in any sort of profane way, I'm not running afoul or running contrary to the third command. I'm good. And I just have to say, before we even got to this morning, I was thoroughly disabused of that notion. So, the third command says that you will not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. One of the things that's interesting about the way that that command is phrased is that if you you were working on that third command in a very sort of stiff Uh, overly literal way you would you perhaps would read it like you will not lift up or you will not bear God's name to no purpose or in a vain or empty way so I say that up front to say that I think just on the, the, the wording, the, the language that's used in the command, there's more at stake here than just merely what we say with our mouth concerning God's name. Right, let me show you, even in Exodus, one of the ways that we're clued in very early on that this third command runs much deeper than just merely How we use, how we speak God's name. If you hold your place here in Exodus 20, go back to Exodus chapter 6. Exodus chapter 6. Look at verses, look at verse 3. God says to Moses in Exodus 6, 3, I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as God Almighty, or as El Shaddai, but by my name, Lord, or Yahweh, I did not make myself known to them. What is the significance of God's name? In Exodus here, In light of what God says to Moses, God's name is the primary way that he makes himself known to his people. So God's name is not just a title or a designation for a being. The name of God sums up everything that God is in his nature, in his work, in his plans, in his will, in his ways. If God does not reveal himself to his people in the form of an image, right? Command number two, you will not make for yourself any false images. You will not bow down to them and serve them. Remember we said that that first and foremost has to do with the idea of you will not even make any images of me, let alone other false gods. Because God determined that when He would reveal Himself to His people, He would not do it in a form or in a shape. Rather, He reveals Himself to His people by His word, and most specifically, by His name. So what the third commandment seems to be running at, and and we need to flesh this out a little bit, is if God makes Himself known to His people by His name, And because God is so big and vast and full, there are many names that God gives himself throughout the scriptures. If God gives his name to his people so that he can reveal himself to them, then what the third commandment ultimately is getting at is it is important then how we respond back to God according to his revelation by his name. It is a special thing that God does to make himself known to his people because if God does not intervene, if God does not show himself or make himself known, God is unknowable. Therefore, when God gives of himself to his people by a name that encapsulates or grabs at some aspect or element of who God is, how we take that revelation, that knowledge of God and respond back to him is critically important. That means that if we recognize that God is holy and different, He's not common, then any time that we speak of God, we can't speak of God as if He is common. That's part of where the, the taking the Lord's name in vain comes from. You're using the name of God as little more than a substitute for profanity. That's how you're going to take God's gift to you, to us? You're going to turn His gift, His name, into something profane? You can't do that. Not if you know who God is. Not if you know anything about his holiness and His righteousness and His generosity and His kindness and His mercy and His grace, you cannot talk lightly about God. But then you start to recognize and understand that God does not just give His name to His people in verbal form, that we can speak back, to him, speak back to Him. God gives His name to His people in such a way that we are marked out by His name. We are known as the children of God. We are known as the family of Jesus Christ, so that not only how we speak His name, but how we carry His name. Is critically important. Turn with me to the very last book of the Old Testament. Here's a a classic example of how it's not merely the word, but even how we carry the name in our actions that ought to be considered in this third commandment. Go to Malachi chapter 1, very last book of the Old Testament. Look with me at Malachi 1, verses 6 and 7. The Lord says to his people, a son honors his father and a servant his master. Then if I am a father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my respect, says the Lord of hosts to you, O priests who despise my name? But you say, how have we despised your name? And then look at the answer, verse 7. You are presenting defiled food upon my altar. But you say, how have we defiled you? In that you say the table of the Lord is to be despised or thought lightly of. Before we look at a couple more verses in this chapter, do you hear what's being said there? How have we despised your name? And the Lord says, You have despised my name not so much by what you have said, but by what you have done. Look at verse 11. For from the rising of the sun, even to its setting, my name will be great among the nations. And in every place, incense is going to be offered to my name. And a grain offering that is pure for my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. Verse 12, but you are profaning it. You are profaning, abusing my name in that you say, The table of the Lord is defiled, and as for its fruit, its food is to be despised. Do you you hear the paradox of what's being said here? In other words, what's taking place is something like this. God's people, at the time that Malachi is preaching and ministering, are doing the religious Acts and responsibilities and duties. The priests are doing, supposedly, what they're supposed to do. They're going and they're offering sacrifices up. They're saying the prayers. They're doing this. They're doing that. And God says that even when you do the things that I've commanded you to do, you are profaning. You're making little of my name because of the way that you're doing it. You're profaning, you're dishonoring my name and reputation. Now, here's the thing. As these priests would have been offering up sacrifices to the Lord, they would have been invoking God's name as they did that. They would have been claiming that their actions, that this worshipful act was being done in the name and for the reputation of God, and yet God says... Even though you may say one thing, my name is being dishonored by the way in which you do it. That's terrifying. Let's not make it easy or comfortable on ourselves. That means that you can be here this morning... You can be singing with the name of Jesus on your lips. You can be professing that Jesus is our glory and our prize. You can be singing, oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. And you can look like you are honoring God's name, but in your heart, because your heart and your mind is not engaged in that worship, Because your heart and your mind is not aligning with the words coming out of your mouth, you are profaning God's name. So the third commandment then, both proscribes and prescribes, just like all the commandments, it tells us something that we ought not to do and it tells us the direction that we should go in. In terms of what we ought not to be doing, we have to think in broader categories than merely speaking or using the Lord's name in vain, although that is clearly at the top of the list. But it is while it is not less than that, it is certainly more than that. To take the name of the Lord in vain, to lift up or to bear God's name to no purpose or to no end means that we abuse or misuse God's name, or anything else by which he reveals himself to us. What we're being directed to do, if we're not to misuse or abuse or to take lightly how God has revealed himself to us and the ways and the means by which he makes himself known, then what the third commandment is directing us to do is to speak and bear God's name rightly and reverently in our thoughts, our words, and our actions. If that's what the third commandment is commanding us to do, to rightly and reverently hold God up in our thoughts, our words, and our actions, how are you doing with the third commandment? Just this week, boy number two is getting married. Well, he's not getting well, yes, getting now he's getting married this week, at the end of the week. Right? You've got wedding preparations, you gotta do things. You gotta get tables, you gotta get chairs. Get tables and get chairs. Start to unload it off the truck. What does boy number two say? These aren't the right kinds of tables. My response, I'm not gonna tell you what my response was. <laughs> my response in that moment, because I as one of God's children bears the name of my creator and king. The way that I respond in that moment is itself a holding up of the name and the reputation of God. If as someone who names the name of Christ who calls him Lord and Savior, If someone who acknowledges that God is my creator, that God is my sovereign, that he has given me very clear instructions and directions on how I am to live my life in worship to him and in relationship to other people, how I respond in that moment is directly attached to the name of God as I'm presenting it in that very instant. Every time that I sin, every time that I am disobedient, that I fall short, because I bear his name, I bear his name in a sinful way. So the third commandment would have us understand that because God has revealed himself first and foremost to his people by names, by his word, because he has attached his name to his people, and we carry that around day in and day out, any lifting or carrying of that name in our thoughts, in our words, and in our actions that is not congruent with or in line with who God is and what He wills. Anything that does not line up with God that way is a breaking of the third commandment. We have not carried His name as we ought. And we are undone because no one can bear up under this. by virtue of the fact that God has given us uniquely His people, His name, it confers upon us special rights and privileges, but it also comes with great responsibility. How do you bear the name of the Lord when you go into the workplace on Monday morning? One question may even be, do you bear it at all? Do people even know that you're a Christian, or do you play that very close to the chest? If they do know that you're a Christian, you bear the name of Christ, how are you carrying that name, the name of your Savior and King, into the workplace Monday through Friday? Young people, when you go to school, When you go to class, when you go to work, how are you carrying the name of your King and Savior? Do your thoughts, do your actions, do your words bear witness to the reality of who God is? Anyone feel low right now? Anyone want Jesus right now? Turn to John 17. Look at John 17, verse 11. This is hope for people like me, like you, who break the third commandment even on our best day. John seventeen eleven, Jesus says, as he's speaking to his father, I am no longer in the world, and yet they themselves are in the world. And I come to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name. The name which you have given me, that they may be one even as we are. Do you know what gives us the right to continue to bear his name? Even when we profane it, which we do, even when we dishonor it, even when we dismiss it, no matter how good, no matter how much you desire to obey the Lord, you're not going to keep the third commandment perfectly. You can't. What keeps you In the name of God is the Son of God. Because Jesus comes in the name of the Father and then takes to himself sinners like us. And takes the name that he has from his father and gives it and shares it with us. He draws us into that name, to that reality, to that being and existence of God in all of its holiness and perfection. And the son, along with the father, says, we will hold them in this name. You and I do not have the privilege of coming to God over and over again in song, in prayer, in scripture, because we are proclaiming His name to Him, more so because He is proclaiming His name to us. He is a Father to us, and He will not cast His children out. He is a good shepherd, and He will not leave us to the wolves. He is merciful and compassionate, slow to anger, and abounding in loving kindness and truth. Therefore, we can always run to him. He keeps us in his name. But precisely because he is keeping us in his name, that means that as we rightly understand that and we value and treasure the grace of God as it's given to us in Jesus Christ, that means that we cannot just be indifferent to that with renewed appreciation and hope and love and delight in the grace and mercy of God, we ought to say, because God has given us His name and has promised us that we will never have that name or that title taken away from us. We will always be identified by Him. Therefore, God help us to guard and to treasure that name to the best of our ability through the power of your Holy Spirit. Let me just give you a couple ways in which the church does that. Matthew 18:20 and Matthew 28:19. Matthew 18:20For where two or three have gathered together in my name, I am there in their midst." What is, what is he talking about? What is Jesus talking about when he says, "Where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in their midst. Is he talking about a book club? Is he talking about sitting around watching a football game with a couple of your Christian buddies? He's talking about when God's people self-consciously gather together as God's people, meaning what we're doing right now. When we gather in His name, Jesus says there is a unique way in which my presence is actively at work in their midst. But the point that we're wanting to get at is when we gather here on Sunday mornings, we are presented with an opportunity to obey or to disobey the third commandment. To bear God's name well or to dishonor God's name in what we do as we gather and worship together. Once again, this is why not just that we worship but how we worship is vitally important for God's people because the way that we gather and the way that we proclaim and present God to ourselves and to the world in our worship is one of the primary ways that we carry His name with us. Or Matthew 28. When Jesus says that because all authority has been given to him, you go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in what? In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Have you ever thought about the fact that when we do things like baptism even, When we gather on a Sunday morning, that what we're doing is granted by by God's authority, delegated to his church. We are announcing, are proclaiming that God's name is attached to this person who is being placed under the water and raised back up again. By the sign of baptism we are saying that this person carries the name of God in Father Son and Holy Spirit if that's the case in light of the third commandment how seriously should we take baptism maybe one of the reasons maybe one of the reasons that God's name is not revered as it should be, is because we have taken the name of God and treated it flippantly by attaching it to any person at any time for any reason at all and saying, good for you, you're in. Never stopping and looking, never considering, never asking, does this person bear the name of God because they have been made new in Christ? In other words, false professions. People come and they name the name of Christ for any number of reasons. And then a year, five years, ten years down the road, they're nowhere to be found. What does that do to the name of God? Don't misunderstand, I'm not suggesting that we have the ability to see into a person's heart and to say, oh yes, the name of God truly rests on you, you're in, or you're out. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is that because even Jesus taught that by your fruits you will know them. That salvation comes through faith And faith has content It has a message that must be known And understood and believed We ought to be extremely careful About assuming that people know and understand Just because they know how to recite a cute little phrase And then by virtue of the authority that God has given to His church Putting the stamp on them to say Therefore now you carry the name with us God's name is too valuable, it is too holy, it is too unlike anything else to be treated so recklessly. Or Romans 2.24, turn there. And hold your place in Romans 2 and go to Colossians 3. Colossians 3, 17. Let me read these back to back. Romans 2, start at verse 23. Romans 2, 23 and 24. You who boast in the law, through your breaking the law, do you dishonor God? For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you, just as it is written. You hear that? When you disobey the commands of God because you put up a false witness to the world around you, you encourage others to blaspheme the name of God based on your disobedience. And then po- phrase positively, Colossians three seventeen. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Whatever you do, all of it is to be done in His name. Do you, you know what this means, right? You know what whatever and all? You know what that means? All. All that you do is to be done in His name, which means you and I don't have the prerogative to say that my loose language or loose living, oh, well, I'm not doing that in God's name. I'm doing it in my own name. That's not the way that it works. You bear His name, every waking moment of your life, every unconscious moment of your life, you bear his name. Everything that we do, whether we sleep or eat or speak or work or play, everything is to bear his name in a way that honors him. And all of this because we are moving towards a day when commandment number three is going to be perfectly fulfilled for us and in us. Last place that we'll go to, go to Revelation chapter 22. Because Jesus prayed to his father, and ask that the Father would keep us in his name. The name that Jesus himself has because we know that anything that Jesus asked the Father, the Father will give to him. In other words, because Jesus asked that we would be kept in his name, we know that we will be kept in his name. And here is where it's all running to. Revelation 22, look at verses 3 and 4. There's coming a time, there's coming an age, there's coming a world in which there will no longer be any curse, and the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and His servants will serve Him. Verse 4, they will see His face, and His name will be on their foreheads. Do you hear that? The fullness and the perfecting grace of God is going to be given to his people in the end such that in the same way that Jesus bore the name of his father, all of us who bear the name of Jesus are going to bear his name perfectly in the age to come. We will be using the language of the the metaphor here, we will be stamped with God's name on our forehead and we will never be able to dishonor it or defame it. God's going to do that for you if you belong to him. And if you know that's the direction that you're moving in, your heart ought to want to see that come closer to reality every day day of your life god help me today to carry and to bear your name and your reputation in a way that makes you look great and good and worthy of worship and praise and when we find ourselves in those times where we have failed to do that We run to our merciful and sympathetic high priest. And we find grace and mercy to help in our time of need. And we remember that one of the things that we have been promised is not just forgiveness, but the full realization of perfect righteousness in the age to come. There is coming a day when we will carry God's name in perfect joy and delight. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your mercy and compassion, for being patient, not just for being patient, but for forgiving your children when we think lightly of you. When we attach to your name, whether by word or by actions, things that are beneath you, things that do not line up with who you have revealed yourself to be, when we bring shame and dishonor to you because of the flippant way that we call your name out, or the trivial way in which we attach your name to things that would dishonor you, But we thank you and we praise you that recognizing how far short we fall of carrying out this command, this good and right command, that you have provided perfect obedience in Jesus Christ and his keeping of the third command counts for us. Help us, Father, to walk in that realization. Help our lives to become more and more conformed to that principle of purity. And Father, would you create in our hearts a greater hunger and desire for that day when we will carry your name in your presence without any shame, without any fear, and with full confidence that comes from pure, undiluted love. We pray this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.